Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. My brother turns 18 today. Happy birthday. Ryan, if you're listening to this, and I know that you are, I'm proud of you. <laughs> you've, always, you've always been the youngest brother in our family, and without you, I wouldn't have a youngest brother. <laughs> yeah, you would. <laughs> Welcome to The Crunch, the only podcast that bullies Scott Hahn. It's your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick. <laughs> we should. Do you have his number? Can we actually no, call him? No, of course not. You used to work for the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology. Yeah, and one time when I was in a meeting with two of my bosses, I they referred to him as Scott several times, and then I referred to him as Scott, and they were like, it's Dr. Han. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the closest we can get to clericalism with a label. I know. That's ridiculous. It's, it's Dr. Han. Okay. It's Dr. Han. My favorite picture is the picture of Scott Han in the background of me looking like the Mr. Krabs meme and everything's blurry and I'm like looking around and I'm in focus and Scott's in the background waving and he's blurry. It looks like, it literally looks like the Mr. Krabs meme. It's so It's funny. one of my favorite pictures of all time because like, again, the first, when you visited Steubenville, the first person you met was Scott Hahn. It was. Which is funny because that's the first person people think of when they think of Steubenville. Right. Well, Not anymore. Second after me. And well, <laughs> you've Matt Frad's in the mix now too. He is. He's in Steubenville. He, imagine, I don't know. It's 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 crazy that like moving to Steubenville is like a gigantic announcement, you know. But I guess for like, I guess for like the the Catholic world at large, cause that's just where I went to high school. You know, imagine if like imagine yeah. if if Mark Hart, imagine did I say high school? You did say high school. Felt like high school. Um, it, it was. <laughs> Let me from from going to a real state college. It was basically is a high school. just high school. Yes, that would be like like imagine imagine if if you know Mark Hart got on the horn and was like, "I'm moving to Manhattan, Kansas, baby," and you would just be like, "We'd be like, what? Why? Why? What are you doing that for?" Yeah, it's, but for the the broader Catholic world, like Steubenville is like Disney World. You know, and I've like been. Now, it's it's like Disney World if they laid off all of the people who are in charge of cleaning for a month. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like. It's like Sorry, Disney World if Disney World was uh, a former coal mining town and then the steel crisis happened. That's like Disney. If, yeah, Disney World was a coal like, mining town. <laughs> oh, man. I didn't realize that creating a Catholic culture meant ripping off <laughs> regular secular culture. Patrick, that's been the, that's ever. Do you remember Life on the Rock on EWTN? <laughs> No, that's, I don't. I wasn't old enough. That's all that they've been doing since since culture existed. Catholic culture has been like, what if we took that? Hey, I like uh, I like how you celebrate, you know, big the winter feasts. What if <laughs> the son of God was born that day? <laughs> maybe maybe what happened with with happened with the winter solstice is going to happen with YouTube. Like people in one thousand years are going to be like, um, actually, uh, Catholics stole YouTube from the neo pagans, and then a uh, little high schooler Patrick in a thousand years is going to be like, no, they didn't. That's a myth. <laughs> but they, we actually did and then 20 years later that same kid is like you know what yeah uh-huh we did and we're coming for your neuro links next 
the exact same joke I made, but a thousand years later. <laughs> that is pretty funny. That's pretty funny. This idea that there's in the a thousand years from now, there's going to be these armchair historians who are like, yeah, actually, YouTube was started by this company out in California, not by the Catholic Church, because <laughs> the Catholic Church is, <laughs> is going to own everything in a thousand years. We're gonna we're gonna see the rise if Jesus doesn't come back in this millennium. Yeah. Right. Which he might. If you ask Michael O'Brien, he's coming back next week. Um, if Jesus doesn't come back, the only path forward that I can see is a, is a, uh, uh, cancel for Leibowitz esque, you know, the church expands, grows in power, uh, uh, and, and becomes the, the, the new safeguard of science and technology and, and medicine and all these things. Cause we're going to go through another dark age, right? There's only, it's only a matter of time. Oh Some, yeah. Someone's gonna launch the nukes, Patrick. You know what? You know what's happening, people. And I hope this. I hope this conversation stays in. But I don't know how we're gonna bridge it from the, the have, abrupt cut. I have no idea. So, <laughs> people. People thought that like religion was the thing that made people stupid. You know, there's that Family Guy bit that's like, "What would the world look like without Christianity?" And it's like a super future with flying cars and all that. Is it really? Yeah, that's, that was a family what a guy dumb joke. I know, so dumb. Anyway, so. I, I, what, what people don't realize is that Christianity is not what made people neglect science. People are just stupid and they don't trust authority. I mean, look at Protestantism, you oh. know, like that whole thing started because a guy was like, you know what, maybe what the church has been saying isn't true. And then he started a bunch of religions. And I bet what we've Martin been Luther seeing, didn't wear a mask. I, I, I bet, <laughs> I bet Martin Luther was an anti-masker. I bet he was. Um, this is exactly my point is like the anti-maskers are not anti-maskers because they're Catholic, right? They're not Christian. They're not, they're not like, they may be Christian and they may be associated with the Christian, right? But they're not, they're not like Jesus wouldn't have worn a mask. Like it says in the Bible, he wouldn't have worn a mask. They're like, I don't trust you because you're in a different political party than me. Right. And so here's my thought. I don't trust you because you've lied to me about literally everything else in my lifetime. (laughs) <laughs> so why would I why, why would, would I, I trust believe- you about this? You lied so to me my, about Contra. My- why would I believe you about masks? <laughs> <laughs> I will so, not forgive the United States will- government for the Contra affair. I, I'm holding to my guns. Ethan, Ethan is very upset about the Ruby Ridge and and Iran Contras. And anyway, so my my perspective on this is that politics is what's going to send us back into into the dark ages because we're not going to know what's true anymore because everyone's going to be fighting about the very idea of truth. You can't. I mean, it's like maybe I've just been listening to too many conspiracy theory podcasts. Yes, 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 you have. Yeah, but like the guys that I'm listening to on the conspiracy theory podcast, they're also not that smart. Like, they're one of them is very level headed and the other one is very rash. And the way that he thinks is very like Occam's razor, but with politics, like. The, the right wing is evil and the left wing is perfect. Are you sure you're and not it's just listening that- to our podcast <laughs> where one is really rash and the other one's very level headed? Yeah, we just switch, though. The, yes, those guys, we, these guys don't switch. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I, uh, anyway, that's the end of my rant on that. Yeah, to to, to change go. the subject a little bit, I've engaged in behaviors that previous to my engagement... I would have thought to be anathema to my entire personality. Picking out curtain colors. No, I bought an over-the-door shoe rack. (laughs) And I'm looking at it right now. 
I yeah. actually opened my closet earlier because I needed to get my pliers out of my tool bag to tighten my boom arm because my microphone <laughs> kept falling. And on my way to get my pliers, I opened my closet door. I just put up my over-the-door shoe rack yesterday, and the <laughs> shoes kind of they clapped against the door, you know, as because it's yeah. not attached at the bottom and it flaps, and it yeah. scared me. Your shoe me. rack is too thick. My shoe rack startled me so badly, and <laughs> I thought, oh my goodness, there's something here. There's there's some kind of creature um, it is. attached to my door, but it's no, it's a creature of of Ethan living order. That's that's the creature. And I've, now, <laughs> I've now cleaned out my closet. I can see the floor of my closet for the first time since. Well, I got my own room when I was in fourth grade, so. <laughs> so third grade. So yeah, third um. grade. <laughs> and it's it's incredible. I have no idea what I was doing this whole yeah. time. I can walk into my closet and spin around. That's what? impressive. It's it's amazing. And it, I box I box up all my old clothes. I'm ready to give them away to Catholic charities. This is how I'm preparing for Lent. Right? Is mm-hmm. is giving away all my clothes, which is awesome. Um, but I never thought that it would actually like bring me more peace to be able to like have my closet door open and not be like Zaboomafu when they open it up and it all falls on them. <laughs> uh, Just wait like until you're was... married. Phoebe and I have two shoe racks. Is that true? Yeah. One for the front door and one for our closet. One for the money and one for the <laughs> <laughs> and two for the sh- shoe for the show. That's right, folks. <laughs> so I, I, I have two, I have two things I want to talk about, but one is more like life and the yeah. other one is more just kind of fun. Sure. The fun, one, the fun handyman one is I fixed our water heater yesterday. Oh, how'd you fix it? The pilot light went out, so I had to relight the pilot light. So you didn't really, you just took a lighter under there and you just... Oh, no, you can't, you can't do that. No, you, you have to like, it's like the pilot light is under, have you ever, have you ever relit a, a water heater before? No, you're going to okay. have to tell me. Yeah, okay. So there's like a bunch of different knobs and you have to like turn the mm. gas off and you have to wait. You have to like make sure that there's no gas in the room and then you have to like turn it on. You have to like flick the flint and steel button and it like it all the whole mechanism is like inside the water heater and you have to like look through this really tiny window to see it working. And so mm-hmm. I spent like 15 minutes on my side because Phoebe was like, I need a shower. And I was like, okay, <laughs> fine. I'll figure this out. And so I did it. But uh, yeah, our, our, our water heater works again. I've done that with an indoor fireplace that's gas powered. So similar. Oh, cool. Similar yeah, it's probably similar then. Yes, but I've never done it with a water heater specifically. Um, it's incredible. I'm very proud of you. We're we're learning things on this podcast. It's true. I, I did feel good because I was like, okay, cool. Now I understand a little bit more about how this gigantic appliance in my closet works. You know what I mean? Right. The water yeah. heater is an interesting thing because you know the water goes in there and you know that the water comes out, but rarely do we consider the the mechanisms that put that water in there in the first place. I recently got this book called How Your House Works. Oh, that's uh, cool. And it's got it's got many uh, sort of pictures and hold on. Here we go. Yeah. Pictures and diagrams and and descriptions of all of the different things that a regular house has. Oh my uh, gosh. Including but not limited to I'm going to turn to a random page here. Uh, a dimmer switch. How to wire a dimmer switch. Wow, it gives, like, I need a little, that book. A little electrical diagram, and uh, you know what a what a circuit would look like, and it's got pictures and all these kinds of things. And I think that that's really really great. Uh, I haven't read it yet because I'm I'm still reading Don Quixote, uh-huh. but uh, I think that's that's pretty cool. I think everybody should kind of know how their house works. And if you don't know, don't Just be afraid call to say Andrew Business Jordan. Andrew, call Andrew Business Jordan, but also don't be afraid to say, hey, I don't know anything about my house. I'm gonna buy a book by some guy and read it. I need to find that book. 
And then the second thing is I got I got a promotion. Woo! And by promotion, money, I mean money, it's promotion money, in the money, church, money. which means there's no other money involved. But money. it's more, no, no, money, same money. money, money. <laughs> you know the phrase, it's, more money, more problems? Yeah. It's uh, more responsibility, Ability, same money. Same That's money. <laughs> this is, this, I feel like I'm in an intro- introduction to the sh- television show The Apprentice right now. And Patrick is our celebrity apprentice, and he's saying to himself, I want to win The Apprentice starring Donald Trump so that I can have more responsibility but make the same amount of money. And then I always thought it was interesting. There's nothing stopping, like there's nothing constitutionally stopping President Trump from hosting The Apprentice again. No, nothing at all. I actually think he should. I think <laughs> I think it'd be so great because then yeah. <laughs> I feel like the show would just be twice as spicy as it was before he became the president. You know what I mean? Right? Because he'd be like, you're fired. And then the contestant would be like, I mean, right back at you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like- Is, can I can I ask a question? I don't know yeah. anything about the news, but I know that they're impeaching Trump again. But also, what's the point of impeaching a president who's not in office anymore? So he can't serve and he can't run for office anymore. Oh, that's why, that's why they're doing it. Yeah, so if someone gets impeached, they can't run for office again. But people are debating whether or not it's constitutional to impeach someone who's no longer in office. So it's but all the just articles a, of impeachment were passed while he was in office. So that's all just a big waste of time, then. That's what my taxpayer dollars are going towards. Yeah, I'd rather, a lot of people. I'd on rather both Joe sides. Biden go golfing. <laughs> a lot of people on both sides of the aisle are saying, "What's really the point? We have more things to do, like confirm cabinet members for for President Biden." Can I can I say this? I, I don't think that any span of time, if 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 Donald Trump was going to get reelected, he would have gotten reelected. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a good point. Like I, I feel like his 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 time has passed. By the next in four years, he's going to be you know drooling out of the side of his mouth because he's going to be eight hundred years old. Yeah, and right. it's there's going to be no way. There's going to be no yeah, way. He's not going. He's not going to run for president again. Like that's ba- that's basically impossible at this yeah. point. Yeah. And like, what's the other thing? He's going to is what he's going to run for Senate. Mayor. Is he going to be a governor? No. Mayor, Mayor of New York. Mayor of New York. He lives he's a resident of Florida now. Oh, dang it. So as a as a Floridian native, I desperately don't want I mean our our governor is basically Donald Trump already. He right. ran on the platform of I'll do whatever Donald Trump says and I'm like that's not how a governor is supposed to work. You're not supposed <laughs> to do that. You're supposed that's to be not, a governor. It's been a minute since I've learned about federalism in my government class, but I think uh, <laughs> I'm like uh, pretty sure you're supposed to make decisions based on the good of the state, not the country, regardless of who the president is. Anyway, um, let's I got I'm excited about our topic today. But before we get into our topic, we got to take a look back before we look forward. We got to go backwards before we advance. We got to retreat before we progress. We got to recede. Yeah. I didn't finish my thing. I'm a director oh, I'm so of evangelization sorry. now oh, instead sorry, of youth sorry, sorry. ministry. That's it. I just want people to pray for me and, and send me uh, chocolate baskets. Anyway, let's go. What's your address? Uh, 910 South Mercer Street, Newcastle, PA. That's my... Uh, Is that the church office? That's the church, yeah. Everybody send letters to 910 Mercer Street. South Mercer Street. South Mercer Street, Newcastle, PA, and have them all addressed to Ethan from The Crunch. <laughs> They're not going to know which mailbox put it in. People don't even know. When we are on this podcast, people say they can't tell the difference between our voices. That's Still. not Still. That's not the case. It's true. People say that. Okay, I'll just start every single I'll just start every single sentence with the word Aquinas so that you know that the smart one is talking. <laughs> what should I say to indicate how smart I am? Witness to hope. Uh, I was at a party last night and <laughs> uh-huh. 
I went I to a wedding this last weekend and I, hey listen listen <laughs> just because i go places doesn't mean anything and i start i start i start all of my like i was watching this tv show alone <laughs> in my room last uh-huh. night and <laughs> i was at a super spreader event and <laughs> <laughs> all right hot take time machine welcome well, to the hot take time machine <laughs> <laughs> that one wasn't on purpose good welcome to the hot take time machine the part of the show where we take a look back at the prime of our social media posting lives if you have a hot take that's five years or older send it in you know you want to look for one i know it takes some time but it's worth it and i know you're cringy but we all were and that's the point send it to info at the crunchcast.com ethan do you have a hot take for us i do uh this is from february 16th 2016 mm-hmm. gotta get around to the microphone here and pull up the tab <clears throat> it says we surround ourselves with so much noise because we are terrified of what we might find in the silence <laughs> i'm sorry you sorry you said 2016 not 2011 tumblr <laughs> I, I did, I did say 2016 <laughs> 15 retweets retweets 29 likes that's such an ironic tweet, you know, like it's all so these people funny. are like, I'm spending all my time on Twitter and I like this. I think this is great. <laughs> I don't like noise at all. <laughs> refresh, 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 refresh. Oh, that's crazy. Uh, I thought that was pretty good. I must have been reading The Power of Silence by Cardinal Robert Seurat in uh, a great book, a great book. But I was probably reading it and thinking r slash I am very deep because I was reading it at the time. <laughs> <laughs> um. Mine is not as ironic, which is funny. It, that's funny to me because that's basically us now. Mm-hmm. But like what? actually very doing deep. something about it. No, no, no. no. Oh. oh, we need to be more silent. And then like, but we're actually like off social media. And, right, 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 right. Yeah. Speaking of off social media, um, as you know, I'm not fully off social media, but I, a, a blog post that I wrote was released today. And you can go find it. It's a Lent. It's a Lenten blog post. And it's called uh, Quit Social Media, Quit Pornography. And I read it, wrote it for Covenant Eyes. And uh, it's about how if you want to quit pornography, obviously you could give up pornography for Lent, but you should be giving up pornography in general. So instead of yeah. just giving up, instead of just doing that, you should try and give up social media. Uh, you can find it on Twitter. I posted it there, and you can find it on my website. What's your website? PatNevy.blog. There we go, yep. PatNevy.blog. It talks about willpower, and it talks about how... Uh, Social media drains your willpower, so if you're trying to quit pornography, you should probably quit social media because it's taking all of your willpower away. <laughs> no, not not my willpower. Yeah, and if you if you're trying to if you're trying to quit pornography, you're gonna need all the willpower you can get. I feel bad so, for guys named Will because they're either like really strong or they they've been drained. They've got like none. Will Stronghold. Will from Stronghold. Sky High. Son of the Commander in Jetstream. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's uh that, that's oh that, that we didn't do mine. Yeah, you got to do yours. Okay, Hot Take Time Machine. It's December 5th, <laughs> 2016. It's December 5th, and I was supposed to change my Brita filter in November. Uh, so this is what life is like on the edge. That's what I posted to Facebook for people to look at. It's and then what? someone. What month? I said, it's December 5th, and I was supposed to change my Brita filter in November. So you're living life on the edge is what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. uh-huh. I decided to post that, and someone replied, I love the way that you are. Well, Ned, I do not. <laughs> What? What? I don't even. That interaction doesn't even make any sense. Why I'm not? five. I'm five days late replacing my Brita filter. I love you, man. You're, the, you're so funny. You're so funny. <laughs> I love hilarious. your posts. I love your posts. Let me I send think. A, I I'm think, gonna send a Brita filter to your house, bro. 
Bro, I'm going to send a bird filter right to your house. Don't even think about it. It's just a gift, bro. <laughs> Don't even so, repay me. Speaking of people saying that they love me on the internet, uh, yesterday, uh, I, so Teresa and I, um, well, I, I started it and then I handed the reins over to Teresa. I started a meme page for Franciscan. Yes, I've heard of this. And Teresa took it over. Yeah. And she updated the description recently. And it, at the bottom, I'm still I'm still an admin. She just re-added me as an admin. I uh-huh. left it because I'm in grad school now, and I, I was like, I don't. This is, this is for undergrads. Yeah, this is for little boobies. And uh, she added me back as an admin, and then she put in the description at the bottom: "With any issues, please contact Patrick and Ter- Patrick or Teresa." And I was like, "Important update: Do not contact me." <laughs> <laughs> please no. And then someone someone commented. Uh, Patrick, hi. I would like to report an issue with you not taking comments. And I was like, how dare you? And so I, I, I replied as a comment, a bunch of asterisks, and then ticket ticket number 00001. Hi, important. I like did like a copy-paste auto-generated mm-hmm. email in my comment, and they said they loved me. So, Aww. Yeah, it was nice. It's I, it so, made it's me so feel good like, to see you giving your time to the kids. You know, Right? It's, this it's, person was my age. It was my friend Nick. Shut up. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Still an undergrad, huh, Nick? No, he's not that's, undergrad. That's tough. Can you add me to the Franciscan memes page, please? Uh, I don't know. I don't I know would, if I can make that exception. <laughs> I would like to come into the page and then make huh? some posts and then see how quickly it takes Teresa to kick me out. Is the, Actually, is, that's, a really, that's really funny. Is yeah. the game I would like to play. Yeah, okay. I'll do that. But right, cool, remember, cool, cool. if you make some posts, they have to be original. That's the rule. Yeah, I'm not going to... Oh, I'm not... Re- you, th- you think I would repost... We, we we our our rule because people were posting too many memes on the franciscan mm. the frannies talk to each other facebook page yeah and um i was like that's stupid and i was I, the the number one rule for admiring memes for franciscan teens which is the name of the group <laughs> uh is uh bad original content is better than reposted content absolutely oh so I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna make some great posts i'm gonna invite you to this page there's 685 members on this uh, Facebook page, I'm gonna, it's I'm gonna, uh, the first post I'm gonna make is like the the Chad Crunch listener versus the Virgin Catching Foxes listener is gonna. That's be the first, really funny. The first That's really that funny. <laughs> no, you got to do that. Yes, I will. <laughs> you're the you're a suggested person. <laughs> for me <laughs> of to course invite. I am. It's. I think it, on Facebook it has you suggested as someone to add to the Stevie family Facebook group because <laughs> you're the person I interact with the most on Facebook. They and should so put. Says, they should. They should suggest Emma. What the heck. Well, um, should I add Luke day. Carey? No. Okay. <laughs> would he hate that? I think he would. He would think it's so funny for like a minute, and then be like, "This is stupid. This is stupid. I'm out." <laughs> All right. Uh, Patrick, give us a give us a. You do the jingle. Oh, okay. The crunch crunch on that uh, jingle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's your breath in my crunch. Nope, that's not. <laughs> 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 So we pour out our posts. We pour <laughs> out our posts. Um, uh, when you want to crunch and or when you got some time and you want to crunch, pull up a seat with Ethan and Pat. And if you have some time to stick around, then we'll tell you what's what. That's all I got. I don't. I can't. That doesn't rhyme. <laughs> if you pronounce Pat as as what? <laughs> Pat, <Whoa. pot. laughs> what is what? We'll pot tell you what's what. Uh, that's pretty good. Thanks. I, um, I, pre- I was so excited because there were more lines than I was expecting. I know, I me like, too. Oh, this is gonna be- it's- he's going somewhere. <laughs> Hop in, everybody. There was a little bit of a flow on it. I felt good yeah. about it. 
I felt good, but sometimes you don't always stick the landing. And you know what? That's okay. That's part of it. So, hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. I'm excited for this topic because I think you'd have some really good thoughts. I went to the Seek 21 conference this weekend. Yes. And when I say that I went to the Seek 21 conference this weekend, it means that I went to a retreat center that's 20 minutes outside of Tulsa and I watched the Seek 21 conference on a projector this weekend. Nice. Okay. I will say that uh, if you know somebody who has the talks, who has access to the talks, or if you want to sign up, get access to the talks. Some of them are really, really good. Uh, Sister Miriam James, Bishop Barron, uh, Monsignor Shea's impact session was phenomenal. Uh, and then what I want to talk about today is, is Francis Chan's talk on Sunday. Ooh. So Francis Chan, for those that don't know, is a bald guy who <laughs> is a, he's a Protestant preacher. You've probably seen him. Yeah. Your youth minister in high school probably used his talk about the rope with the tape at the end and about how like your life in comparison to the rope. You know what? Have you ever seen that? You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like the the tape is your time on earth and the rope is eternity and like what happens here doesn't really you've probably seen that video at some point if you've ever been to a Catholic youth group where the youth leader didn't know what to do that night. Like that's it's just it's standard stuff. And knowing that um, I haven't Francis, used that talk yet, I feel good about myself. <laughs> you're doing a great job. Thanks. Uh Francis Chan's great. He's a he's a phenomenal Catholic preacher. He was also or not Catholic, he's a Protestant preacher. He was in the news a while ago, mm-hmm. or the Catholic news, the social media circles, because he was talking about communion and the Eucharist and the sharing of the bread and wine at the common table and the last supper and all of these things that made everybody in Catholic circles go, oh, he's going to convert to Catholicism. But in reality, like a lot of Protestants actually believe in the real presence and it's not that it's not usually not the crux of someone's conversion. It can be, but it isn't always. And so people were getting really excited and saying, when's he going to convert? And then he's, they saw he was speaking at seek and was like, Oh, he's converted. He's like, he's not, he's probably not converted. That's not but, how he would convert. That's not how you yes. convert. <laughs> No, it's really it's really not. He would need to submit to the authority of the church. Yeah. Not necessarily just believe that he would need to be Eucharist publicly received at a liturgy, not at a Sikh conference. <laughs> yeah. So like everybody just calm down. This isn't ecumenism. This is just someone coming and preaching the gospel. And it was good. He talked about Ephesians two, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um we were dead in our sins, you know, all this stuff. And Ephesians two is amazing. And he was talking about his life and about how thankful he is for Jesus and how thankful he is for grace. And he was trying to, you could tell he kind of like slid in the whole, like we're not justified by works Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, from Ephesians. Not, I don't know if it was like a dig, but he, he included it. He didn't have to, but he did. Uh, And his whole message was just about like how thankful he was that we were talking about the gospel and how the gospel has radically transformed his life, how he's more in love with the gospel now than he was when he first, you know, was saved or whatever. And I thought it was great. He was very passionate. You could tell that he's been through a lot in his life. Like his, I didn't know this, his, when he was a kid, his mom died Mm. and then his dad remarried and then his stepmom died or I think then his dad and then both his stepmom and his dad died oh like before gosh. he was 12. So he had a mom die, his dad remarried, and then his dad and his stepmom both died before he turned 12 years old. And so he went through just a lot when he was a kid. Yeah. Um, he didn't go through his whole story. I'm sure it's it's very deep uh, and there's there's a lot to it. But uh, you could tell that this, this man was very impacted and really loved Jesus. Like he lives in Hong Kong and he plants churches normally, but they got kicked out of Hong Kong because of all the 
unrest I'm sure that's happening over there. So they're in California right now, but he normally like his, he moved his family to Hong Kong to plant churches, Mm -hmm. to preach the gospel in Hong Kong, right? Like the man is fully faithful to wherever God wants him to be at at any point in time. Um, And so I, what we, what I say about this is not like a disparagement against Protestants, against anybody who likes Francis Chan. I want to have a discussion about the difference between Protestants and Catholics concerning our gratitude and our thankfulness for what Jesus did on the cross. Because I think the, the doctrine of total depravity makes Protestants way more grateful and thankful for God's grace than the Catholic understanding of sin and original sin and infant baptism makes us. Cause I was just hearing about how, he was just going on and on about like, God did so many good things for me and reading Ephesians two and hearing about like, I was dead in my sin and now I'm not dead. Jesus has raised me to new life. And I was just thinking about that of like, yeah, I believe that Jesus is giving me a life that I couldn't have had without him. And I believe that I can't go to heaven without him. And I'm thankful for that, but I've, I've never had this experience. And I think there's something about that particular doctrine of total depravity or this idea that, um, like when you accept Jesus, you're saved. And like you're any, before you accept Jesus, you're not saved and you're for sure damned to hell no matter what. Whereas in Catholicism, we're baptized as infants. And so we get saved when we're baptized. Mm -hmm. And then for a lot of us, we're raised Catholic. And so we're kind of just like exposed to grace accidentally. Like, I don't think our parents, parents will probably bring us to mass because they know it's good to bring us to mass. But I don't think our parents know that like, they're fortifying us against sin when they brought us to mass. Well, every everyone's Sunday, exposed to grace you know? accidentally. No one is, no one yes. substantially has grace. I'm just kidding. That's a theology yes. joke. It's not important. Well, I, yes, but you kind of get what yeah. I'm saying. Like as we're raised in the church, like even though it might not seem like a big deal now, but like going to confession, you know, every so often with your family and going to mass every Sunday and praying before meals and like saying the rosary, uh, when you're supposed to like all these things, have kind of inoculated us against, a sinful life in some ways. And and that doesn't mean that someone can't choose to go and live a sinful life. And plenty of people do. But I think just for the average Sunday mass going Catholic who was raised Catholic, who maybe struggled with like drinking and lust in college or in high school or after college, and then has like kind of come back around. Um, there's even then there's still like less of a understanding that Jesus has just done this such amazing thing. It's just kind of this like, Oh yeah, I know that Jesus did this for me. You know, like I don't see a lot of that emotion and a lot of that passion from the Catholic point of view. And I'm wondering if it's because of like how we view baptism and it's because of how we view sin. And I'm trying to understand how I can be more gracious and more grateful for being saved from my sin. Cause I feel like I'm, I was listening to him talk and I'm just like, I'm not that grateful. Mm-hmm. And that's, I want to be, I should be, I'm not like intellectually disagreeing with how gracious he is, Mm -hmm. but I don't feel that in the way that he feels that. Is that, you know what I'm getting at? You know what I'm saying? Yes. You need an, you need not merely an intellectual encounter with the distance between you and God, but you need a, you need a profound experience with it in the, and this kind of, this kind of couples with our discussion on the void from a couple of weeks ago Yeah. of The void is not merely the distance between life and death, but the void is also the difference between who you are and who you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that's 
I think we, I think we, I think a lot of us feel that difference. Um, it's hard because so few people have legitimate self-esteem, yet at the same time, few people realize how far away they are from God. And it's mm. hard because I was listening to an Every Knee Shall Bow podcast about the True Cross. Every time I, every time I, I, I get out of out and back into that podcast, I'm so grateful for that podcast. Um, one of my parishioners just started listening to that show and has like a discussion group based on it, and it's like a group. it's so good. She, I don't there, understand. There's how, a like, group of people. both of them are. Yeah, go ahead. There's a group of people in my parish who meets regularly and talks about how to evangelize. And we don't meet with them. That's why. That's why I I, I propose that I take on a director of evangelization because I was like, I need to meet with these people and like take that energy and just point it in the right direction. Like that's all I need to do. I need yeah. to like put them in, like give them a little bit of the seek spiritual multiplication talk, and then just you know, hey, attaboy. I put that in an email. It was great. I did a little. That's great. Anyway, that's so great. well done. Um, I think and I'm I'm giving I'm giving a talk in a month on to just an average group of catholics at, a, at an xlt night and this this discussion on every knee shall bow kind of um kind of influenced what i want to say because he was he was talking about how no one no one really preaches the cross uh we just want to preach the resurrection um mm-hmm. and no one wants to preach it was a, it was a fulton sheen thing and he was like no one wants to preach the cross because it makes us come face to face with the fact that Christ needed to die for us, you know, and it come it makes us come face to face with the reality of like, oh, we kind of caused, we caused that, like we caused that to happen. We caused the most perfect man to ever exist, like the full of grace and no sin. We caused him to die because we chose to sin, every man. And I think, I think that to, to put, to put you at ease, I think that, I think coming to greater knowledge of that sacrifice happens over time. Um, so like recognizing that in ourselves saying, you know, Oh, we, we don't, we don't have enough gratitude. Um, I think that's true, but I also think that it's something that we're perpetually going to work towards, um, Mm -hmm. and realize that that, that desire is never going to be satisfied and be satisfied with that reality. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think if you asked Francis Chan, he would say, something similar like i still don't feel like i know him enough sure yeah and i'm not saying that there we need to like know like the answers to know more i guess my question is more so why does it seem that in the catholic church every priest in his homily on sunday seems to talk about everything other than the fact that christ died for our sins and that we should be thankful for that with with some (laughs) amount of passion you know i've 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 only ever heard, not to say that I haven't heard Catholic priests discuss the cross and the salvific work on the cross and how that saves us from our sins and how we should be thankful. I've heard plenty of priests talk about it, but the only people I've ever heard passionately and emotionally with like an interior conviction discuss how Jesus saved them and how if Jesus hadn't have saved them, they would be dead. And they are so grateful and so thankful that Jesus died for them and that we should be too. And that we need to accept this because otherwise we would be dead. You know, like I, I only ever hear that from Protestants. And I'm just wondering if that's like, is that a theological difference? Is it a cultural difference? Like why are we afraid to speak that way is kind of my question. Cause I, I know that I'm afraid to speak that way. Cause I don't feel that. Like I don't, 
think I have that conviction. And it's mm-hmm. like, is that something that's missing in my formation? Is that something that I need to like dive deeper in? Because I want Catholics to be, so the, the thing that I ended with seek 21, I was talking to about 40 of our students that had gone to this conference. And I said, when people come to the university of Tulsa and they say, where do I go to be, um, with people who love Jesus and want to make him known. I want everybody on the campus to say, Oh, go to the Newman center. That's where all of those people are. Right. Yeah. That's not, that's not the case right now. And that's what I'm trying to create for myself. Like I want, I want that for the Catholic church everywhere that I live, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just think that that's not the case. Cause we're afraid to like preach that message of Jesus who saves us. And it's more so something else. And I, it's hard to yeah. kind of tie down. And I'm not saying that there's a problem with Catholic tradition or the magisterium or the teaching because it's all true and correct mm-hmm. and it's so deep. But I'm just wondering, like, what what are we missing there? You yeah, know, and I, are I th- we missing anything? I think something that we're missing, and I know some of my parishioners listen to this podcast, which I which hey, I hey, yeah. how you doing? How's it going, guys? Why? Maybe consider tithing more so that my boy can actually get a raise. The fact that you're doing an Italian accent is spot on. Um, uh huh. But and so I, I I'm saying this like knowing that my parishioners are listening, a lot of parishioners come to us and talk to us about the numbers and how got to get more numbers. We got to get like the the I I look I and I I was I was like what is what are the actual numbers happening here like what is the actual number of in Lawrence County which is where our our church is in Lawrence County our parish covers that whole county how many Catholics how many non Catholic Christians how many nuns. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the Catholics are the second highest denomination after the nuns. Yeah. It's 37,000, no affiliation, mm-hmm. 27,000 Catholics. And then wow. it splits the 37,000 Protestants. So I guess if you take Protestants as a whole, we're third. But I mean, mm-hmm. the, they demographically, they split up the Protestants to mainline evangelical and then black for some reason. Um, <laughs> it's like they, they, they're over there. And then, yeah, it's weird. Anyway, that's just how demographic websites work. Um, so that those numbers are staggering right and we oftentimes whenever i've been to like a a diocesan you know formation day or like retreat day or in service or whatever you want to call it or i've been to like a a parish council meeting the statistics come up the stats come up and it's like we're six people leave for every one person that converts etc etc and that appears to be a motivation that fact at least for my parish that's what it feels mm-hmm. like is that's the motivation of the numbers are bad and we have to change that. And that's the motivation. But if people are leaving, what's mm-hmm. the point of bringing them back in if you don't have anything for them? Mm-hmm. And so our, a priest can get up at the pulpit and say, hey, remember, it's Christmas, but mass happens every week. Come back next week. And you can do mm-hmm. that every freaking week for years. But it's not gonna fit. It's not gonna fix anything. For the same reason that when I walk up to a teenager and say, "Hey, you want to come to youth group?" They don't show up because they expect you because they know that that's what you care about. Yeah, you know, it, it, people can see hmm. through you, especially when you're trying mm-hmm. to evangelize them. I fully believe that the Holy Spirit gives people you're evangelizing the gift of of knowledge of of yes. reading souls because people can people you're trying to evangelize can smell BS from a mile away, especially a teenager, and. Mm-hmm. I think We're at the point now on our campus that people will see me and my teammates walking around the student union yeah. and they will like walk to the other side and avoid us because they know that we'll walk up to anybody and start talking to them about God. <laughs> and it's, word has gotten around. 
I it's, love it's that. a good good problem to have. That's awesome because then when yeah. one of those people wants to find God, they know they know they just exactly, gotta find the right. guy that's dancing on a pool table in the middle of a bar. They know exactly where <laughs> you're right. at. That was just the once. <laughs> just the that one was time. Just the once. Uh, but like that's what I want our par- parishioners to look like. Yeah. I want our parishioners yeah. to have like the reputation in their office buildings of like that's the lady that's gonna talk to me about Jesus. Um, but not in the sense of like they're gonna talk about like how good my sin, like how good I am and how like Jesus, how much Jesus loves me. Like we're actually going to offer the charisma in a way that appeals to what their deepest heart's desire is. And I think Mm -hmm. the cross answers a desire. I think the cross answers a lot of people's desires more so Mm -hmm. than we realize. Yeah. A lot of people think metanoia or repentance is realizing how much you suck Mm -hmm. and realizing how great God is. And that's like part Mm -hmm. of it. But I think also there's a lot of people in our world where they feel like they suck already. Mm -hmm. And the cross is still an answer to that because Christ loved you so much that he was willing to take on the form of like lower than you. Like he was willing to go so low that he could experience how you feel, you know? And... So I think what the I think what people don't realize is the cross is the answer to more than we think because mm-hmm. we think it's something sad that happens once a year where we talk about it once a year and then we move on but it's something yeah. that should inform our every opinion and there's a reason why we don't have the empty tomb at the front of our altars it's the reason we don't have a cradle in front of our altars there's a reason we have the cross and it's because the cross is what motivates the sacraments and it's why priests should talk about the cross at mass because the cross is what happens. It's, it's the homily is supposed to bridge the word to the word made flesh. And the word made flesh happens in the context of a sacrifice of body and blood separated, which is what happened on the cross. And so we should talk more about the cross. And so I think, I think you're right. I think people like Francis Chan, I'm not going to paint with a broad brush and say Protestants. Cause mm-hmm. I've met a lot of Protestants that say, Jesus didn't stay on that cross. He was in the resurrection. Like on Good Friday, they're like, Jesus didn't sure. stay on the cross. He was on, he's in the tomb and the tomb is empty. And it's like, cool, yeah, 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 but you're skipping a part, you know, like you're mm-hmm, you're skipping mm-hmm. a part. Um, and I think men like Francis Chan, and, and and I think they understand how to evangelize, and they know evangelization is comes from the cross. And so I think I think mm-hmm. if we dive deeper into what it means to evangelize, we will we will come to a greater understanding of the cross because we will meet so many people that have that carry the cross. Here's my question. You got a lot of people in America today, yes, who experience the cross daily, right? A lot of people who are suffering in America don't want to discount that. Mm -hmm. But you have a lot of people who haven't really ever suffered. Yes. uh, Or, and this sometimes, it's not the same thing, but it can seem like the same thing on the surface, refuse to acknowledge that what they've experienced is actually suffering. Mm -hmm. You know? Um. I'm thinking just like one big thing is divorce, right? Like most people now have experienced divorce in their family. Uh, Most people wouldn't say like, oh, this was a big source of suffering for me. Yeah. Just like right outright when you, you walk up to somebody, you're trying to evangelize them. Like typically you don't ask the question, what's the biggest source of your (laughs) suffering? Maybe we should ask that question. Maybe that's a better question to ask than the ones we've been asking. Yeah. Um, But uh, I think I, I think people who have are, are experienced those kinds of things will say like, "Oh yeah, my life's been pretty good." Why? Because they still have 
a cell phone that has everything that they need. They still have a computer that has everything that they need. Mm -hmm. They still have plenty to eat, plenty to drink, all the clothes that they could want, right? All the newest fashions and entertainment and all all of the things are just made available to them. Yeah. And so even whether you've experienced real suffering and don't deny it, or you haven't really experienced a ton of suffering because your life has been pretty boring and average, I think it's hard. The the, the mess, I think this is why a lot of Catholics, Catholic preachers at least, stay away from the cross is because they know at least maybe not overtly, but maybe subliminally that, or subconsciously, I don't know the the difference of those words, that the message of the cross isn't going to resonate with the people that they're talking to. Interesting. Because like, like what we talked about with the prodigal church, right? Catholicism is still in this bourgeois uh, Christendom mindset, right? When everything was bourgeois and when everything was Christendom, the only people that were suffering were the non-Christians and we went and we helped them, Yeah, you know? And so what do we, what do we need the cross for? Right. We're, we're here, we're living it. Everything's good. Um, I don't know if that has anything to do with it because I, I, I talk to people and I say like, are you sad at all? Are you lonely? And they're like, no. And I'm like, well, what do you do all day? Like, I'll play video games, hang out with my friends. What do you do with your friends? Well, we all just sit on our phones together. I'm like, and that doesn't cause you any sort of pain. And they're like, no, not really. And I'm sure if I talk to them for long enough, maybe something would come up. But it's it's just this like rejection that suffering even exists in their life, even if it does. And so how do you bring the cross and this idea that you're dead without Jesus and that you are alive mm. with him to people who don't even acknowledge that like death exists, you know? What a brave new world we live in. It, it really um, is. I don't know if there's an answer to this yeah. question. I don't even know if my question is legit, but this these are my thoughts. Yeah, because I... Cause I, I I'm I'm thinking of this in the context of the talk that I'm going to go give. <laughs> Which I'm of just course. using this for for yes. workshopping. Listen, I haven't we right. it's 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 remember twenty twenty last year? No one was talking anywhere. Uh all you get are like <laughs> gigantic mega web conferences with like every Catholic speaker ever in on one mm-hmm. picture. You seen mm-hmm. that? It's insane. Um, it's kinda weird. It's it's kind of like everyone it's kinda of like every uh every conference team saw Avengers Endgame and was like, Yeah, uh-huh. let's do that. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so, um, remember that? Well, remember that one guy made an Avengers poster and made me Ned. <laughs> Worst day of my weird. life. That was pretty bad. Pretty bad day. Because um, I'm going to give a talk to a parish, and like, I don't want to. I I don't. I don't want to come out. I want to come out and say, hey, for those of you who are suffering, Jesus Christ is the answer to all of your sufferings. I also want to go out and say, on the same time, I want to go out and say. Hey, everyone who you, if you aren't suffering because of your sins, something's wrong. You need to be suffering because of your sins or Mm -hmm. you need to be repenting. Like those are your two Mm -hmm. options. You can't, you can't opt out of this. Like all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You need, so like, I want to go in there and like preach the, the part of the cross that, that compels you to repentance. But I also want to preach the part of the cross that compels people to consolation. And I don't know Mm -hmm. how to bridge the gap. Maybe I should just go up and say, Hey, there's two types of people here people who are acutely aware of their suffering and their sin and people who are convincing themselves that they aren't sinning and they, and they aren't yeah. suffering. And I've been on I both think, sides of that coin. So, and I think maybe this could be a good, I'm thinking of when I go out every week and meet strangers and talk to them and I try to talk to them about Jesus. I think this could be a good question just for the average person of, it seems like there's two kinds of people in the world, right? People who are, actively suffering and people who are pretending that they're not suffering. Yeah. 
which which do you think you are? You know, yeah, we, I think which we, might be really really deep and we might have to work our way up to that and might have to tool it a little bit. But I think that could be a great starting point for lots of conversations of like, even for yourself and among your friends, like are we, are we actively suffering with Christ or are we pretending like the cross isn't real and that the cross is not the most human thing? Mm -hmm. Cause that's the one thing that unites us all is this experience of suffering. Cause like, everybody suffers from original sin. You can suffer alone. You can numb yourself or you can suffer with Jesus. Like those are your three Mm -hmm. options. And the third one is like the only one you should be choosing. But like, it's so easy to choose the others because for us, it's really easy to avoid suffering. We just numb our suffering because most of our suffering is like mental, emotional or, you know, and so it's like, I mean, there are people out there. If you're, if you're, if you're a relatively healthy person, you Mm -hmm. know, and you, you know, you're, you're not, you're working like a desk job. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very likely that you're not physically suffering. <laughs> you can't really unless ignore physical suffering. Unless you get SARS-CoV-2. Yeah, unless you get SARS-CoV-2, COVID, corona, a novel coronavirus. The novel coronavirus. It's not so novel did you anymore. S- did you see, just as a sidebar, do you see that the cases are like going way down? No, I didn't, but I refuse to look at statistics because I don't know how to read them. Remember that one time you explained to me what a logarithmic scale was at the beginning of the pandemic? (laughs) I still don't know what it is. I've been looking it up every every day since. Uh, It's the the cases this week are below a hundred thousand new cases a day, which we haven't been at since like early November. Wow. So, yeah, basically like the entire month of November and the entire month of December went like this. Yeah. And then now it's January and it's just been going down uh, since the inauguration. <clears throat> not sure why listen listen but. we all we all we were talking about that we all knew it was gonna happen we all knew. we were like i don't uh, luckily for us none of the conspiracy theory websites have been saying that it's just been all normal people have been saying that <laughs> right which is is helpful for for you and i um yeah i uh i think that's a really good this is good because i i came to this podcast without knowing what i think And I think now I know what I think, which is that I need to pray more about the cross and I need to implement the cross more in how I evangelize. And it's, I don't believe that it's a, or not a convenience, a coincidence that this all is happening right before Lent, you know, like this is not a, Mm -hmm. some kind of accidental thing. Um, I'm excited to get into the liturgy of the hours for Lent. I'm excited to get into cold showers, baby. (laughs) Maybe we'll see. I don't know if I can um, do cold showers uh, here because it's hard. In, it's, it's the very winter cold. time. Yeah, we've been in a polar vortex down here in Oklahoma. That so? I don't know if you've been hearing about this. Is that the stuff they, they sell at Kmart or Circle K? <laughs> Racetrack. That's it, polar pop. Sorry, I don't know. polar pop. The uh, we've got a lot of students not coming to Bible study because they think that the sidewalks are unsafe. But like, they're all kids from Oklahoma, and I'm from Kansas, and it's like this is just go slow. Yeah, just walk slowly. Just walk slowly. What do you... It's... The sidewalks are unsafe. The the worst... Like, just don't carry anything. Like, be ready to brace yourself if you fall. Yeah. You're 20. You can fall on ice. 20-year-olds bounce when they fall. Yeah. They're like 20-month-olds. They just bounce right back up. Oh. What? (laughs) Babies just bounce uh, back up when they fall. We all know this. Everybody think about the cross more. Talk about the cross more. Read the scriptures mm-hmm. and pray about the cross more. Speaking of the Let's cross. Let's go to Dr. Ethan's <laughs> dating corner. <laughs> Sponsored by Catholic. Uh, just-
I know it hurts. I'm sorry. It's it's not, I, 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 I... All right, you came to the right place, you ding dong. It's called communication, baby. <laughs> Sponsored by Catholic Match, maybe we don't really have any paperwork signed yet. I told them, I told out. them, I told them they should sponsor the. I'm, I'm going the to talk segment. to them and say they should sponsor this segment and then have it be like a recurring thing where I'm, I'm like, hey, you could always advertise on our show forever and then we'll always get money. Anyway, this is yes. We'll be like Dave Ramsey. Uh, every part of his show is branded. Okay, from the Catholic dating subreddit. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, another another person sent in a, an actual like. Qu- query or qualm with something that we mentioned i should bring it up next episode because it's a good it's we're good not, we're not doing it this episode no because we don't have time oh i have a uh, 20 minutes from right now yeah so we should do this one okay this is whatever you think is best you're the you are my secretary that brings all of the cases to the doctor's <laughs> desk doctor this is an urgent case okay we need to get this yes. guy into tree this is like a this is like a triage a triage what, what are the different grades of triage a B and Z <laughs> bad B for bad Defcon for, one. That's the highest Def a for, uh, I think he'll be fine. <laughs> and, <laughs> all right, go, go ahead. How can Maybe. I let this girl down that I've been talking to recently? This guy starts mm. off with, I know this will upset some people. I've been talking <laughs> to this girl on Catholic match recently. Not sponsored. Oh, yet. sponsor. Sponsor yet. Really good compatibility. We share similar values. We both clearly like each other. Today, I have found out that she has slept with around 10 to 15 guys, a few one-night stands. This is a hard no for me. I'm sorry if that's hard for people to accept, but it's my preference. I don't want to come across as judgmental, but I just can't see a possible future with her anymore. What's the best way to have this conversation? I don't want to ghost her, but I don't want to straight up say my reason for not liking her. It's quite obvious. If this is something she struggled with, I don't want to. I don't want to make her feel worse. Should I send the message? This is one of those conversations that would come up on Catholic Twitter every once in a while. Yeah, and trads would be like, "It's totally normal to prefer a virgin. It's just like preferring a per- certain height or a certain hair color." Uh-huh. And then all the women on Catholic Twitter would be like, that's so insensitive. You're so misogynist. And all the trads will double down. And then eventually somebody would call somebody the B word and a bunch of people would get blocked. And then it would <laughs> and it would simmer down for like three months and then it would come back again. Right. Like this. I feel like I've been a part of this conversation so many times. Um, man, I. I find it hard. Let's let's think about it. Right. Ephesians five. OK. Yeah. Husband and wife, Christ in the church. Okay. The church, lots of sins, <laughs> brings them to Christ. Christ forgives them with no conditions every single time. If there's proper contrition, is right? If you're looking to be married, you ought to be Christ as he is to his church. You ought to be the love of Jesus for his church when you love your wife. And so if this woman is sincerely repentant of these sins and has gone to confession and is trying to live a different life, then I think it's not the right thing to say, actually, I, this is not my preference. You know, like 
I think you can you can not date for lots of reasons. I think this is a bad reason to not date somebody. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Because uh, I think that it just you're fundamentally misunderstanding the man's role in the relationship, which is to be the love of Christ to the church for this woman. Mm-hmm. You know, and that might be hard to swallow, and it might not it might make you uncomfortable. But also, what about your sins? You know, like yeah. what, what we were just talking about. Like the void is still there for you. You've done things that are just as bad. All sins are sins. Just because some make you feel less special you know because i'm I'm sure this guy feel like wants to be the only guy for this girl yeah you know and that's that's fair right it's okay to feel that yeah it's it's definitely okay and and it's like it's not it's not wrong it's it's right. like it's you're right she broke she broke natural law like she sinned mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. she sinned in a way where even if she was a pagan she should have known better right you know like that's that's what we that's what we understand about sexual morality mm-hmm. um Based on the context, it seems it seems as though she converted to Catholicism recently, and it took mm-hmm. her a while to get over that sin, mm-hmm. and then she did, and now she's dating. And yeah. it seems like she's good, you know? What you should do is you should um, be careful with each other and, like, don't put yourself in a precarious situation where she might be tempted again because that could trigger some stuff. You know, it's basic getting over a habitual sin. It sounds like mm-hmm. she had a habitual sin. Also, yeah, it, it, it like... I don't know. It, a lot of these comments. It's funny because he said, I know you. this will upset some people. He really didn't. A lot of people uh, are like, well, yeah, you what, should what break up with What kind of people her. do you think are on the Catholic dating subreddit? Okay, let's, let's not make he, me He used the that. term based. He's giving off some. Ooh. He's giving off some. Uh, someone said priests are required to be celibate for two years before becoming a priest. So uh, she should probably, you know, and, I, and, someone, and then he said based. And I was like, okay, this guy's giving off some incel energy. Um, yeah. Priests are required to be celibate for two years. Don't you have to be in seminary for like four years? I think two years before minute? you go to seminary. Oh, I don't know if that's, is that true? I don't really? know. Okay. I, I, I don't know. Depends. Father Chad Ripperger would know. He would. Um, and then he literally, he, it was funny. He posted this uh, and then like literally 10 hours later before many, many people had really commented. He was like, I sent the message. It's over. <laughs> Dang. I know. So you didn't even really want advice. Yeah, it you sounds like you just signal. wanted to like point out that this woman has sinned and uh man, that sucks. I mean, obviously it it can be a sad thing and you can have a conversation about it, but I don't think that it's like you're helping yourself become like the father when you have that attitude. Like the goal should be to love as the father loves if you're the man. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And the woman too, it's just like a weird way. I don't really know how to explain that, but like, <laughs> I just know my role. I don't, I'm not like, <laughs> right. I just, I haven't, I skipped that part of Jason Everett's book. I don't, I didn't read the lady parts, but the, the, the man's role is to love as the father loves. And so it seems like you're just actively just picking and choosing like, Oh, I want all the parts of God's justice, but none of the parts of God's mercy, because these are the things that make me feel better about myself. And that's just, that can manifest itself in lots of different ways, but I think this is just a particularly nasty way that it manifests. So, yeah, and uh, someone someone else commented. I think we guy. should address this because we have been rather harsh to men when it comes to porn. Yeah, 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 yeah. And totally. someone someone uh, someone commented, "Oh, a girl when a girl wants to break up with a guy because he he uses porn. Yeah, you go, girl. And then guy when he wants to break up with a girl for sleeping with ten guys. Why can't you just be charitable and forgive her?" 
Um, this sounds like someone who uh, is addicted to porn. And anyway, I don't want to assume mm-hmm. that. But yeah, there, there is yeah, a yeah. there is a little bit of a false equivalency here because mm-hmm. um, someone who has someone who is actively a porn user and like really just can't be in a relationship right now versus someone yeah. who slept with in people the in the past and has repented yeah. of it, you know, and is not doing it currently. Yeah, I and think it, those are completely different things. And the guy, the OP commented, LMFAO, yes, King. So he obviously oh, just wanted I some don't, validation. This is, these are all 18-year-olds on this board. I know. There's nobody <laughs> that is over the age of seven. I'm upset. Oh, my gosh. We need to we need to make the internet like alcohol. You can't get on until you're 21. Yeah, really. I think that should be the I want to know how old this guy rule. was. They don't put their ages in, the, in their flares. Yeah, I, I don't know. But it's like... I, yeah, I I don't know. All right. Well, that's that's good stuff and I and I hope this maybe spurs on some people listening to to think more about uh their relationships. Send in your relationship questions to info at the crunchcast.com. We need more comedy in our lives. We really do. And we we but appreciate mostly we want to give good advice. We really do want to give advice. Uh <laughs> sorry, someone posted a Someone immediately underneath this posted a uh, a uh, a rules for retrogrades Timothy Gordon on politically incorrect Catholic masculinity. So there goes my afternoon. I'll be watching this. Okay, uh, this is exciting. I'm 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 happy for you. We are sponsored by Catholic Match. We we don't know if we're sponsored by Catholic Match yet today, as of this recording, because we've got lots of sponsors. The money is pouring in. Oh Get gosh, on the train just, while you still can. Yeah. Patreon.com slash the crunch. Before we shut it all down because we just we're just like Patrick and Ethan, Moneybag, Stevie, and Nevy. That's our collective if, middle name. If you want to know what Jackie Francois said at the Steubenville talk last week, I put it on our Patreon page, unedited and unfiltered. <laughs> uh, some people said he somebody said he was underwhelmed, and it's like that's why I bleeped it out in the first place. You guys wanted to know what it said. Yeah. You know? So uh Underwhelmed. I just didn't want to. I just didn't want like a mom to be like driving yeah. with her kids, and for me to say that, you know. If any moms are listening to this with their kids, I'm sorry the effect that we're having on your children. They're it's going to grow purpose. up. They're going to rule nations. Okay, but it, it's yes. like you know, you know how like baby Mozart is supposed to like make kids super geniuses, or like listening to Beethoven in the womb. If you listen or to the crunch the movie. Super baby geniuses, one and two. <laughs> if you watch, if you listen to the crunch as a child, your brain immediately doubles in size to the point where it worries your doctors and you start levitating. That's what happens. You ever seen Megamind? Yeah. Just like that. That guy was the first crunch listener. That's why he's blue. Perfect. Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? No, I wasted it all on the Megamind bit. That's fine. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you and we'll see you all next week. Oh,